Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is still on assignment. But we've got Joey D's running the board. Hey. Hi. On today's show, we're going to go a deep dive into the characters and actors in James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Yes. Maybe some other stuff, but this is a big hefty list, so it's going to take a little bit of while. Uh, and then, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, BJGeekNation.com. Let's get our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. Or just, you know, search for BJ's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Radio.com to find us. Exactly. And uh, we've been talking a lot of the stuff that has come from uh, DC Fandom. Uh, first off, uh, I think everyone here saw the trailer for The Batman, yes. the teaser trailer. Yes. How'd you guys feel about that? Awesome, and I did more digging on IMDb, and I love who they picked to play Falcone. Oh. Which they, I don't think it showed in the trailer. Oh, yeah, they didn't show anyone on that, so you've been a little bit of digging there? Yeah, should I tell people? It's coming. I feel like I saw an article that said it a while back anyway. Okay, well, if if you don't want to hear it, skip ahead 15 seconds. But it is, uh, oh my God, my name, it just blanked. Ha. He's the Jesus. He's you don't mess Je- with the Jesus. Oh, that guy. Oh, uh, how did I, it just left my head. He was in the... He was in everything. <laughs> He's both a comedic and serious. Totoro. No, oh, John Totoro. John Totoro. Yeah. There it is. Yes. He came back. <laughs> <laughs> but as Falcone, hmm. that's going to be fantastic. That'll be really interesting. I think he's going to do a great job. That will be fun to see on that one. I really enjoyed it as well. Joe, how did you feel about it? Dude, it's going to be dope. Yeah. All the haters can shut up now. Yeah, and I I love that one of the people that we've had on this podcast many times solved the riddle's riddle. Uh, the Riddler's Riddle, uh, fairly quickly. Mike Selinker from Lone Shark Games, who hmm. we've had on multiple times to talk about all sorts of gaming and all of that stuff and all the cool things that they've done. Uh, he used his brute force in his just great puzzle thinking to figure out exactly what the riddle was. Now, do you remember what the riddle was? What do liars do when they die? Yes. yes. Now, he figured it out. Again, bump ahead 15 seconds. They lie still. Mm-hmm. Which works on two, at least two different ways, if you think about it. Like, so I'm, I'm really stoked to see what they're going to be doing with this movie. And the Riddler was the guy I wanted to play the bad guy in the next Batman movie in general. The villain I wanted to see the most. So mm-hmm. I am stoked. I don't even care what happens next now. I mean, I would have <laughs> picked a different guy to play him, but so far I'm very excited about this guy, Dano. I think is some, Dan, something. Yeah, Dano. It's like Bono, <laughs> but Dano. He's that actor that you've seen in a lot of stuff, but you couldn't pinpoint. Like, oh, what movie was this guy in? He was, I think, in Little Miss Sunshine. He's just got that face like you're just like the every guy. And I'm kind of I was kind of bummed out that it wasn't like a Neil Patrick Harris or it wasn't uh, Orlando Jones playing the Riddler. Yeah, that would have been fun. I feel like this is still going to be a really good one. Yeah. And this is Matt Reeves, the Batman. Uh, Hopefully it'll come out uh, in 2021. We'll have to see on that. Um, But another big one that I got super stoked about that I'm sure it's getting a lot of love um, from everybody else. But I am really excited for James Gunn's version of the Suicide Squad. I didn't make it through the entire Suicide Squad movie, the old one. I mean, uh, you're I doing mean, yourself a favor there. Exactly. It was one of those ones that was playing before one of like the season finales of Game of Thrones, and I had no choice, so I had to watch it. <laughs> but, you watched the worst part of it, too. Yeah, the ending. Yes. Oh. Yeah. But uh, what James Gunn is doing in this movie is he has found 
a lot of random bad guys. Because if you don't know what the Suicide Squad is about, it is Amanda Waller putting together Task Force X. And in order for you to get 10 years knocked off of your prison sentence, because you're a bad guy who screwed up and got caught by the good guys. Like really bad guys. Yes. And uh, you'll go on these certain missions and you'll have a little neck piece attached to your head. If you decide to run, boop, boom. You're gone. Yeah, your little head your little head explodes. That's the easy way to solve that problem. Exactly. And usually uh, what Amanda Waller will do in order to prove that she means business is that suddenly she'll just pop someone right away. So there's a high likelihood of the characters in Suicide Squad to A, die – die fantastically and the, which is is weird to say that I'm excited for but I really want to see and I'm kind of wondering who's going to be the first ones to get popped it's going to be hmm. like that horror movie where you're watching and you're like which turn is going to kill him yeah. this one is it that one exactly so it'll be really neat to see that plus James Gunn took a group of spacefaring nobodies in Guardians of the Galaxy and turned it into one of the biggest movies uh, in a long long time and before this no Nobody would know about Rocket Raccoon. No one would really know about Groot. And, I mean, super uber geeks out there, you stop sending your emails. I understand that you guys would know about it, but this is something else entirely. Now we've got a whole list of characters that you probably have never heard about. So I'm going to tell you who the character is and who they're being played by. I love this because Ranker.com put a list of every DC character in James Gunn's The Suicide Squad ranked by how likely they are to die. So top one is the one that people have voted that will probably be the most likely to die. Obviously, this is all speculation and voting from Internet people, so you cannot take this as canon because James Gunn will throw you a curveball no matter what. It's how he works. It's how he's always worked, and it's been part of what the amazing stuff that he's done in the past. First one up is Blackguard, played by... SNL alum Pete Davidson. Oh, God. <laughs> Everyone wants to see him die, I bet. Yes. Uh, now. Especially because all the women he's dated, I'm I'm jealous. Like, <laughs> I want these ladies. And <laughs> 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 I don't even really... Like, oh, no, I'm not going to get to that. Anyways. Yeah, there you go. Well, who is Blackguard? Well, his name is Dick Hertz. <laughs> D-I-C-K, last name H-E-R-T-Z. Yes, that's right. It's like the rental company. Mm, sure. That's yeah. exactly honestly, yeah, what I thought. Yeah, yeah. He made his debut in 1986's Booster Gold Number 1 as an ordinary crook recruited, recruited into the evil organization known as the 1000 and transformed into a supervillain. Gifted a suit of armor that allows him to create energy constru- constructs in the form of a mace and a shield, Hertz became Blackguard, but he was quickly overwhelmed by the time-traveling Booster Gold. After this turned his employers against him, Blackguard joined Booster in taking them down before doing his time in prison and signing up for Task Force X. Now they ask, how likely is he to survive? Uh, they say Blackguard seems the sort of character Pete Davidson picked based on his secret identities name alone. Not going to disagree on that end, because he doesn't have an illustrious history in comics. In fact, Blackguard got his head bit off by the general of the first Task Force X mission, and the odds are good that his cinematic debut will have a similarly harsh end. You say he got his head bitten off? That's what it says in this article. Wow. Yeah. That's a way to go. Right? And it, I, I find this uh, I find this is going to be the, one of those ones where maybe he's not the, uh, uh, the example that Amanda makes, but it may be very well close to that. Next up on this list, 
another favorite of mine on this, Polka Dot Man. Okay, I have questions. Um, well, uh, I'm surprised they didn't use Calendar Man. Yes, he's a real Calendar villain. Man is. Well, yep. he'll keep, I, I found keep him you planned. A, keep you planned. Uh, yeah. I d- uh, he only reason I know him is from the Harley Quinn show. Oh, okay, that makes <laughs> sense on that one. Uh, he's a holdover from the silly uh, Silver Age era of comics and the 1960s Detective Comics 300. Abner Krill was initially a Gotham City villain known as Mr. Polka Dot, clad in a suit covered with polka dots that could be pulled off and transformed into weapons and vehicles through some unknown technology. Mr. Polka Dot nabbed Robin and was swiftly swiftly knocked out by Batman. Krill Krill later returned as Polka Dot Man, swapping his technological wonders for a baseball bat. In this form, Polka Dot Man is most famous for taking an absolute beating from Harvey Bullock, of all people, and suing him for police brutality. So... And if you've seen the uh, some of the trailers and some of the stuff, when you see uh, Polka Dot Man, he's throwing them off of his suit in some sort of way. Okay, I want to let you know, I thought that was just a guy in a suit, you know, that they were going to CGI in later, but it's actually a superhero with polka dots on him. Yes, yes, that wasn't a mocap suit. That was actually... Polka dots. I am shocked. Yes. Uh, they ask how likely is he to survive. The polka dot man is abjectly ridiculous, but also you can't really count him out because one of the first roles announced, David Desmalchian's polka dot man might just be integral to the movie's plot. James Gunn likes weird characters, mm-hmm. so I think that he might have a chance, and David is a really good actor. Uh, one of the first things you may ever remember him in was in The Dark Knight. He was the schizophrenic uh, police officer who was one of the people in the firing squad that was shooting at people uh, during that whole scene with the Joker uh, infiltrating uh, uh, Two-Face's Harvey Dent's uh, uh, whole uh, thing going on, mm-hmm. like his big political rally. So he's a really good actor. He's done a whole bunch of different things. I think he was an Ant-Man uh, as one of the uh, the, the trio. The guys, yep. uh, yeah, the trio of dudes. So uh, I like him. I hope he's going to stick around. But I uh, and I've seen that he probably won't get his head blown off right away. But I mean, he's still probably going to die. Who's going to bring all the color to the the lovely darkness of this movie if Polka Dot Man goes away? I mean, I feel like everyone else has got pretty colorful outfits. If you've seen the weird character uh, that looks kind of like a half man, half weasel, well, that's that's Weasel. He looks like a rat. Of course. Played by Sean Gunn, which is James's brother, who was also the stand-in for Rocket a lot of the times when they needed for the mocap suits and stuff along those lines. So it kind of fits for him to be that. Uh, Who is Weasel? John Monroe first appeared in 1985's Firestorm Volume 2, number 38, and was at first an ordinary university professor with extraordinary an- extraordinarily anti-social tendencies that led him to being dubbed a weasel by his co-workers. To get revenge, he dressed up like a giant weasel and started killing him. Until oh, he accidentally went after one half of Firestorm's human identity and was quickly defeated. Later, Monroe became an actual weasel-like monster, which made him a perfect candidate for the Suicide Squad. Uh, how likely is he to survive? Um, Sean Gunn's weasel appears to be a purely CGI creation, but don't count on him being the next Rocket Raccoon. Weasel's comic book history includes betraying the Suicide Squad, slaying a teammate, and then getting a bullet to the dome by Rick Flagg with an assistant from The Thinker. And that could actually be something that might possibly play out in this. He's my bet right now. I don't think Weasel's making it. <laughs> yeah, I really don't think as well. 
Peacemaker. Now, if you wanted to see a big, giant, I mean, he's a teddy bear of a man uh, in real life, uh, in John Cena, uh, be kind of a douchey Captain America, as he puts it, this is the man that you're going to want to see. Oh, my God. Christopher Smith had a difficult upbringing and is one that would uh, that would heavily inform his eventual transformation into the Peacemaker, who first appeared in 1966, Fightin' Five, number 40. As a young boy, Smith watched his Austrian father take his own life due to guilt from his role in running a concentration camp during the Holocaust. Whoa. Little heavy there, yeah. Uh, after growing up in the United States, he was enlisted in the Vietnam War, where he was manipulated into wiping out a village and then court-martialed for it. Recruited from there into a secret government program, he became the peacemaker. A vigilante decided to be bringing about peace through whatever means necessary through ruthless aggression. Now, they're kind of thinking along these lines on how likely he is to survive. He's high on this list, but a lot of people are thinking because it's John Cena that he may stick around for a little bit longer than mm-hmm. uh, anybody else. He looks so good in that role, by the way. Like the, the bulky, mm-hmm. weird costume, yeah. almost fake Viking-esque. It's so yeah. good. The helmet looks weird, but it's yeah. great. Uh, next up on this list is uh, a guy who's been in a lot of different uh, movies with James Gunn, Michael Rooker. Yay! He will be playing Savant. Uh, Savant is a man named Brian Durlin who was both born rich and privileged, but he still dreamed of being a vigilante, so he moved to Gotham City in order to make that happen. He appeared in 2003 Birds of Prey 56. He was almost immediately told off by Batman and decided to use his considerable computer hacking skills as a professional blackmailer. He, his attempts to identify and blackmail the Batman brought him into conflict with Barbara Gordon and the Birds of Prey, who defeated him and then recruited him to their cause. He's danced the line between heroism and villainy ever since, including a time in prison and in the Suicide Squad. Very reminiscent of his Guardians of the Galaxy characters, Yondu. Like, oh. it just kind of seems along that, like, yeah, you're in for it for yourself, but you still got a little bit of a heart there. I don't want him to die. Yeah. And I feel, and they even feel that the fact that Michael Rooker has worked with James Gunn multiple times, that he has a higher likelihood of di- of not dying, uh, getting on with it and uh, making it interesting. Now, this is a character that is not in the comics. Hmm. He's named TDK. And actually, Ranker did the did a little bit of research, and the actor is Nathan Fillion. Oh, okay. Who was in Guardians in the Galaxy, but it was in a very limited role where he was only wearing CGI, and I think he got messed up like in the prison scene. Like it was one. It's the one where I think Groot sticks his fingers up his nose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Um, Nathan Fillion's role in James Gunn's Suicide Squad is labeled as TDK, which is rumored to be the abbreviation of the Detachable Kid. And there's a couple of things when you're looking at, like, the character breakdown video that would kind of lead towards this. Now, this character cannot be found in any DC comics. Some of the clues in his design and in the reveal trailer make it pretty obvious that he's a loose adaptation of a character named Arm Fall Off Boy. Wait, literally Arm Fall Off Boy? He uh, has the distinction of not being a villain or a former member of Task Force X in the comics. Uh, He also uh, first showed up at tryouts of the Legion of Superheroes in 1989 uh, Secret Origins, where he demonstrated his remarkable ability to detach his own arms and then use them as blunt weapons. He was rejected. 
Not shocking there. Right. Hmm. So uh, I feel that this is going to be the character that gets his head blown off right away because of the way James Gunn likes to screw with Nathan Fillion. We found the throwaway character. I really, really think so on that one. Um, Coming back is Captain Boomerang. If you don't know Captain Boomerang, you can see his origin in the first movie. Maybe watch it. Uh, Maybe not. There's a cool scene with him in the trailer. Yes. It's a fantastic (laughs) one. So he is a returning uh, person. We're not getting Deadshot again with Will Smith. Uh, we're getting Bloodsport instead, played by Idris Elba. Yes. I'm cool with this. Yeah, so making his debut in 1987, Superman Volume 2, Robert Dubois arrived with an origin story as depressing as any other member of the squad. He dodged the Vietnam draft, which led his brother taking his pay- place. Dubois then went to a psychiatric hospital when his brother came back maimed. Lex Luthor Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor, uh, actually drafted him and manipulated him into becoming the assassin Bloodsport, outfitting him with a device that could instantly teleport weapons from uh, into his hand from a remote locale. One of those weapons fired kryptonite needles, which Bloodsport infamously used to shoot Superman, though the Man of Steel recovered and put him behind bars. Uh, now, we do know that how much of an A-lister Elba is, it seems like in addition to the fact that it was kind of essentially a uh, kind of a side recasting of a character, they feel that he's going to be a big character with this. And it has been confirmed that in this, in the canon, Bloodsport did indeed shoot Superman with the kryptonite bullet. So it ups his chances in surviving and going a little bit deeper in it. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's going to definitely survive, especially from the trailer. They show some behind the scenes interviews with him. And mm-hmm. it seems like he's kind of, you know, talking about the length of the movie and yeah. his role. And yeah, I was right. Like, okay, okay. Next up is one this is a character i i know nothing about the character and we'll get into it a little bit but uh, i don't know if you guys know the comedian flula borg nope uh mm-hmm. it's uh the one he's uh, uh he's is foreign i think he's german and he was the one who was like talking about the potsy poopa who poops at the party jenny did you poop at the party what? you gotta look him up he's hilarious he's playing javelin uh, the character known as Javelin has had kind of a small one, a small career since his 84 debut in Green Lantern 173. Little is really known of his origins, including his real name or why he transitioned from an Olympic athlete to a supervillain. He basically showed up with an arsenal of high-tech spears to take out the Green Lantern and wound up in jail when he was uh, quickly recruited by the Suicide Squad. Uh, I think he's going to be low on that list of surviving. I love Flula, but also it would be really interesting to watch him die spectacularly. Uh, And actually, um, he's died on fewer than uh, no fewer than three occasions uh, with Task Force X. Ah. I think different iterations of it. He's been impaled by his own spears, shot by Deadshot, and then also hit by a car. This dude ain't making it, man. Not a chance. Uh, Harley Quinn, we know her from Suicide Squad, from the from the other, yeah, the other stuff and the other things. We know all about Birds of Prey. Was it Birds of Prey? Yep. It yes. was so good. Yes. Um, so her survivability, you're going to know and love on that. She ain't dying. No, she's not dying. King Shark. Yay! Yes. Uh, I want to see you try to pronounce his name. Um, Nanau? Uh, now uh, now I forgot it. Ah, <laughs> well, he's the child Nunawe. of Nunawe. That makes uh, sense. Harley I'm, Quinn. Nunawe. Ah, uh, see, that helps a lot with that. Yep. And Ron Funches does King Shark yes, in the show. He's so good. 
good. Well, in this one, it's going to be a uh, voice acted by Steve Agee, who is uh, a staple with, uh, he usually plays a lot of smaller characters, um, little bit extras and stuff like that in James Gunn's movies. He's a great comic. He's a funny guy. He'll be playing King Shark, who is the child of an actual Hawaiian shark deity and a regular human woman, which is basically, yeah, a, a minotaur, but shark form. How do yeah. you burn the shark? Um, do, is that a question you really want to no. think about? All right. Uh, originally, he was a Superboy villain, uh, first appearing in 94 Superboy Volume 1, Number 0. Now, it kind of ends up, uh, it really varies on how he ends up in the prison under the thumb of Amanda Waller. But either way, he ended up being a member of the Suicide Squad for years until earning his freedom and flirting with outright heroism more recently. It seems like it's going to be one of those ones. I feel that that one would be a little bit more of like, well, I was a shark. I did a thing. And, well... As a shark, that would be fine. But as a human, that really wouldn't be fine. So I guess I'm in prison now. And I kind of want to be good. Yeah, he in uh, the Harley Quinn series, he is a hacker. He is a computer nerd, which is funny. He's like, thank you for letting me do like what I normally do and not just my shark stuff. And he ends up biting someone's head off. And then like like the security guard and he goes into hacks into the computer. But he's like so sweet and almost like too pure for this world sometimes. <laughs> uh, but fun fact, I was looking at the Suicide Squad killed the Justice Squad killed the Justice League, the video game and stuff. It's yeah. Samoa Joe is voicing King Shark. Yeah, that's a good. That's, the wrestler. Yeah, that's a really cool one on that. I want to see how that's going to play out as well. Uh, we've, we're going to get Amanda Waller back. She's not going to die. I mean, she's the one that sends everyone else out there to die. I don't think mm-hmm. that's going to worry about that. I don't think Rick Flagg is going to either. Uh, play, played by Joel Kinnaman who you may remember from season one of Altered Carbon. Yeah, R.I.P. Altered Carbon. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No more seasons on that, but uh, at least they put out two good ones. I wonder how they're going to explain, because his girlfriend was the Enchantress. Well, uh, maybe they will just not really regard uh, what happened there. Like, she broke up with me, you know, now that she wasn't part evil queen. Party evil she queen. Want me. Uh, so I have to imagine that he's not going to get gacked either. But again, you you don't know with James Gunn. Uh, Ratcatcher Two <laughs> is a new character because there was an OG Ratcatcher named Otis, Otis Flanagan, a man who once worked in Gotham City Sanitation Department as a quite literal professor, a professional Ratcatcher. Which he made an appearance on one episode briefly in the Harley Quinn show. Oh, really? Yeah. Flat, you know, run my beauties, you know. And eventually, yeah. So, I mean, as all Batman villains come, he decided he, dis- he wanted to actually start controlling rats. That didn't really work like out. Pied- Ended Piper. up in prison. Yeah. And so we'll have to see where he goes with that one. Not a whole lot is known about Ratcatcher 2, which female. is female. And I'm kind of assuming at this point would be daughter type, maybe. Or at least uh, inspired by that one. So we'll have to see on that. One that I was very interested in is Peter Capaldi's The Thinker. He doesn't even look like himself. Oh, he looks so weird. And he's got all these weird electrodes out of his brain. Uh, The Thinker was born in 1913, first appearing in 1943's All Flash 12. Clifford DeVoe is one of the oldest villains in DC Comics history. Originally a district attorney driven to a life of wrongdoing, DeVoe first made his name as a mastermind capable of keeping other baddies out of prison until he was shut down by The Flash. From there on out, DeVoe devised several technologies to combat his speedy foe, including what would be his trademark thinking cap, which is a bunch of like electrodes stuck into his brain. Like it's like and apparently it's capable of projecting his mental force outward. So using his mental force as a weapon. Well, all right. And uh, eventually the thinker ended up in prison where he joined the squad and perished 
only to live on as artificial intelligence. So we could see a sort of transition on that on that end. So it'll be kind of fun to see where that goes with that. Uh, another character is Solsoria, which is a gender swap on this one. Actually, there's no characters in the pages of DC Comics that shares a name with Alice Braga's Solsoria, but there's a good chance that she's a take on Juan Soria, a former short-lived member of Task Force X. Debuting in 2018 Suicide Squad number 33, Soria learned that he had the ability to unlock any lock with his hand and then turned to robbing banks, because that's what you would do, when he was turned down for Justice League membership. He got busted by the same Justice League, and then he made his way to the Suicide Squad. His negativity proved vital in overcoming an alien that fed on positive vibes, but he was eaten by Killer Croc before he could go on another mission. Oh! I could also see him getting get her getting her head bit off by uh, King Shark too. I kind of like this idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is really funny. This character because it's Mongal. Now she was introduced. reduced Introduced in 1995 Showcase 95, Mongal is a rare legacy villain as the daughter of Mongol, the uh, a longtime <laughs> Superman foe. She followed her father's footsteps as an intergalactic conqueror and clashed with the Man of Steel on numerous occasions until she was beheaded by her own brother, Mongol the Younger, over a territorial dispute. The fact that it's a character that's kind of Superman level kind of lends me to believe that maybe maybe she'll be sticking around a little bit longer. She looks cool. The the purple suit and the the orange the skin and just that giant head. And the sword, like, I don't know, the like little, like, I don't know, wrist sword sort of things. Oh, yeah, what do you call those? Side blades? Yeah, sure, why not? All I'm right. sure someone can help us out with that. It looks badass, and I really love it. And she was actually on the bottom of this entire list uh, as people that they don't believe that she's going to be one of those ones to die. I think someone like Bloodsport and Mongal have a chance because. What if this is something that leads into something like uh, uh, going against the Justice League Ooh, or anything? Cross-platform? Well, Vicky mentioned the game. The game's full title is Suicide Squad colon Kill the Justice League. Oh, is this when the evil people show up? And I don't know. Like, literally, the Suicide Squad could just be trying to go kill them. Maybe Amanda Waller has some sort of thing on that. And it's like, these are the people that could take out Superman. And maybe that's what we'll see will happen. And I like, like this. Mongal, like, so James Gunn does, did a really good job in Guardians of the Galaxy bringing this world of different aliens and creatures living side by side. And it looked normal. But mm-hmm. somehow, when I look at Mongal, and maybe it'll look better on the screen, like big screen or. You know, my television eventually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it almost looks like a character from, like, the 80s. Like, it, oh, she, she, yeah. The, this, like, the whole actress and makeup and everything should have been in a movie with, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, yeah. That's, like, the vibe I'm getting, like, full on. <laughs> I totally agree with that. I'm <laughs> Not complaining. I'm like, I'm just like, oh, yeah. this looks familiar. It's, it's just, 80s. oh, here's an observation. No, I'm super stoked for all of these, and I cannot wait till this movie, till I can see it. I don't care if it's in theaters, if I can do that, or if it's just somewhere else. I'm going to watch it. And like I said, big, long list. We didn't have a chance to get any uh, to any of that more, because now it is time to get to The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what's going on? Uh, just because this made me chuckle. This only enhances the bromance. Apparently, <laughs> Hugh Jackman is open to doing a face-off remake with Ryan Reynolds. Okay. Yes, and in. take yeah. my money now. Yep, 100% <laughs> in. I want to see Hugh Jackman try to act like Ryan Reynolds. Like... That one of my favorite parts about Face Off and uh, is literally just the fact of watching the other actor, be it Nick Cage or John Travolta, 
almost in, uh, like almost like just like take on that person. Well, yeah, they're trying to take it on, but almost insultingly so. Like it was just like, oh, Nick Cage, you're a, you're an over actor, so here comes John Travolta, and it was just I, great. I love seeing when actors have to do stuff like that. Like in Harry Potter, there's a moment where in one of the movies that Hermione transforms into uh, to look like Helena Bodum Carter's character. Mm-hmm. I'm blanking on her name right now. Anywho. Bellatrix? So, yes. Why so do she, I know that? So she's walking. So basically, Helena Bodum Carter has asked her, um, Emma Watson to like, pr- do the scene as if you, you, know, you did have the spell. And she just copied what she did. So she basically <laughs> had to watch what, how she would do it and then had to copy her. Uh, and I think that's so badass. Or even like, when you hear stories of... Um, I've, I've had way too much sugar, so my brain's going 100 miles an hour. Who is the original voice of Bugs Bunny? Uh, Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc. So in the moment, there's a cart, an episode where it's like, it's rabbit season, it's duck season, and then yeah. Bugs Bunny dresses up as a duck, yeah. and Donald Duck, or Donald, Daffy? Uh, Daffy Duck dresses up as a, a bunny. And so they're basically doing, he's doing Bugs Bunny's voice as Daffy Duck. And then doing Daffy Duck's voice as Bugs Bunny. The original face-off. But could you imagine, like, the amount of layers, the inception of this sort of thing? Yeah. Uh, and I, I know it kind of goes along the lines of, like, no, we need another remake. I mean, sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes the remakes do improve upon the themes of the original. Like, uh, the oh. one I was really hoping for, and I'm, another movie, I'm blanking on the name. It's the one <laughs> with, uh, I know. Because it was that bad of a movie. It okay. was a bad movie to start, and then they remade it, and it was equally bad. All right, let's see if we can figure it out. It's the one where they're doctors, and they tap into a person's brain where they kill them, and then they come back, and they get, like, extra abilities. Oh, and dang it. Flatliners. Flatliners. Yes. And I'm like, that's such a cool concept. And, like, yes. bad things start happening, but I'm like, okay. Um, Vicky? I heard that, it was bad. That was a remake. No, the, the first one was a remake? No, well, they had the first one, and then that's, they had the, the remake. Mean. That's what I mean. The first oh, one was really bad, okay, okay, and then okay, they remade yeah, it, yeah, and that yeah. was equally bad. Okay, yeah. Yes. So, uh, Face Off was more of an action movie. Yes. It was serious. I think John Woo, man, yeah. Yeah, I think if you do uh, a, face, a, a new Face Off with Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman, it should definitely be more of a comedy. Yeah. Almost like the 14 going on 40 thing where they switch bodies, except that when they switch bodies... It's just completely off the walls, you know? Like, <laughs> Or do you mean Freaky Friday? Or Freaky Friday or any of those kind of things, yeah. yeah that like, would be great. Because Hugh Jackman having to live like a stud lifestyle as Ryan Reynolds, where he's and, like single and mingling and all that. And literally, it's Hugh Jackman playing Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds playing Ryan Reynolds. So they switch. It's Obviously, it would be like bigger, more uh, you know, blown up versions of themselves. Mm-hmm. But I would want to see it as that. Like That would be the funny part for me. <laughs> So, yeah, action comedy on that. They can get into weird situations. And, again, Freaky Friday is fine with that when it's that ridiculous. Right. And it actually, it, it's funny because I had found a meme that I posted, uh, like, uh, earlier this week or last week. And it's the Lisa Simpson one where she's telling the truth meme. It says, instead of remaking great movies, they should remake bad movies that were based on good stories but did not meet expectations. Ooh. So that made me, you know, do a little internet search and like thinking of other movies that I would have loved. Like Flatliners was the one I thought of. I'm like, I like that idea. Yeah. Of, you know, hey, if we kind of kill ourselves for a few minutes, we can come back and be extra smart. But then bad things happen. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. Another one I found, uh, Jumper. Do you guys remember that one? Is the Christian, was it? Uh, that is, literally came to my mind when you said that, which is funny. These are guys that can teleport. Hayden yes. Christensen, yeah. it was awful. Like Samuel L. Jackson was in it. I have never wanted to walk out of a movie theater because I'm like, well, maybe there'll be something redeeming. Like halfway through, I'm like, no, 
I really want to leave, but I did pay for this. Okay, you know what? Uh, just because it was one of those things where, like, yeah, like, where, what could I remake a bad movie that I'd be down for? And I, and I was trying to rack my brain. And it's like, what movies did I walk out on just kind of triggered that. For me, uh, it would be Speed Racer. The Wachowskis ah. did, tried a lot. And uh, after the first scene where they used their, their spinny camera technology on a car thing, <laughs> I watched that and I'm like, all right, I get what this movie's going to be about. I can go. And I left. Well, like, you oh, also no. get nauseous. And yeah, that was that was a big thing on that as well, especially when there's just racing through those virtual Neo Tokyo uh, tracks and stuff like that. So I would like to see, uh, well, I'd probably have to go back and watch Speed Race. They, they can remake that one and I would have no issue with it. So they can go ahead and do that, yeah. I have two that come to mind. The first one I love, but I think most people didn't think really liked a lot, which was the Mortal Kombat series. Yeah, now, now Mortal Kombat 1 was fantastic. I agree. You're not allowed to touch that one. Okay. Uh, Mortal Kombat 2, you need to fix, right? Yeah. It, the concept's still good, but it was more of just like a, wait, you want to go into the family history yeah. of these fighters? Oh, you used your animality. Oh, yes. Oh, so and fancy. I think, yeah, I saw that they're doing another Mortal Kombat movie that's supposed to come out next year, but, you know, yeah. that's what they say. I'm very excited because uh, I saw an article that said, uh, this actress, she's not very well known, but I freaking adore her. Her name is Jessica McNamee, or McNamee. And she was on a show called Sirens, and she was a badass. So she is going to be playing uh, Sonia. Ooh, nice. nice, Sonia Blade. Sonia Blade, and she like she played a cop in the show Sirens. So I thought she was really badass. So I'm my, like, yes. But so- my second one that I know everyone will agree with is the Tron reboot. I I didn't even not bother. seen the Tron reboot. Greatest soundtrack. Terrible movie. Dun, 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 I know dun, dun. that. I thought that I heard that they may be making another one. Uh, and I know that Tron Legacy is on Disney Plus as the original. Okay. Now, did, oh, yeah. But are you ready to watch it after you know? Because your bar is going to be so low. And I'm going to tell you, it might even let you down after that. Well, I mean, you've put it very low now. So I think that if it's late <laughs> enough at night, um, maybe oh. I've been partying all day and I can sit down and watch Tron and then Tron Legacy. Maybe? According to CNET, and this came out like a month or two. Yeah, about a month ago. Uh, Tron 3 movie with Jared Leto is rumored to be on the way. With Jared Leto? He, was it he works ca- from Disney. Was but, he a character in the movie? No. Oh. But Daft Punk? Will Daft Punk do the soundtrack? Yeah, well, okay, they have that, to. They, I, feel, I don't know anybody else who yeah. could do it. Skrillex, what has he been doing? <laughs> Rev, did you see Ready Player One? Yes. Okay, so that is essentially kind of a, a newer Tron, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, essentially. You're, going, you're hopping into the, the virtual the world. world, yeah. And I loved that movie. I think they could easily do the same concept in Tron where he has to go find his dad, as opposed to the way they did it in this last one where it was just kind of like out there and it didn't make any sense and the action scenes weren't that great. So you kind of just got lost in it. Did you do? You, did you watch the original Tron? Yes. Okay. Well, and it's the same sort of thing on that. There weren't a whole lot of action scenes. Obviously, it was made very early, so you couldn't really get away with a whole lot. And the big draw on that was how they were using the computer graphics. Yep. So, um, gosh, now now you're actually making me want to see this. Not because I'm <laughs> interested in seeing how good it is, but I want to do a compare and contrast from the original to see if they kind of kept with that same sort of thing. Because a lot of people didn't like um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, 
Yeah, yeah. Because they're like, oh, it's slow and plodding and blah, blah, blah. But at the same point in time, that was what the original Blade Runner was. So, and I, again, that's another pair that I want to watch literally back to back. I just really don't have six or seven hours to dedicate to that. Yeah, and I was on that camp for Blade Runner. And I tell you, the second time I watched it, I loved it. In comparison to when I didn't like it at all the first time. Yeah, and that's one of those ones where your expectations uh, have to be in the right frame of mind for that. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm looking at just like other lists. Like I'm mixing all these because some of these I'm like, I don't. I've never seen that movie, so I can't say. Uh, but obviously, X Men: The Last Stand. The idea, like, yeah, a lot of those first well, X Men movies. Uh, were what, what was the idea of X Men: The Last Stand? It just seemed like a big mess of just throwing a whole bunch of characters into it and saying, "Hey, look at we have the Juggernaut." Jean Grey has to die, otherwise the series won't oh, end. Oh God! If we're going to talk about that, they can just well, I don't think they need to remake Dark Phoenix. Uh, I think they oh, can no. just like can we pick a different. They have all their villains. Yeah, yeah. I think at that point in time, it's just like we're going to make a new Dark. Phoenix movie by just giving you 12 hours of blank film and then you can take a nap. Hooray. Uh, but one I do agree with and I feel like it's one of those that should not be redone as a movie but as a series because it's the Wachowskis mm -hmm. is Jupiter Ascending. It was Ooh. so pretty but that, I felt like that I was Whisper Dude, right? Uh, He's so angry when he, the villain was yeah. the Whisper. Yep. Oh, yeah. He's Which, such a dumb, dumb man. I'm really rich. Uh, what was he in, too? He was, uh, he was in something else recently. He's a good actor. I remember like, seeing that movie. Everybody in that is good actors. <laughs> yeah, it was Mila Kunis in that one as well. Yeah. Channing Tatum. <laughs> Which I'm always down for. <laughs> Channing He's Tatum. He's ready to step down in this movie. Yeah. It was Eddie Redmayne that was yes. the uh, villain. And, and he was just like, uh, and it was just right after he had played uh, Dr. Stephen Hawking, I believe. Or around that the time. theory of everything. Uh, or, you know, he might have also been just recently cast as... Um, in uh, the Harry Potter series? Yeah, it was one of those Something things like where that. people had seen him in other things, and when he was doing this, it was just hokey at best. I feel like I, I heard an interview where they told him he had to speak that way, like in a really yeah, low I, I thing. would imagine yeah. that. I mean, it didn't seem that would be something that he would actually go with and then people would be okay with unless they were telling him to do that. But like uh, Tuppence Middleton and Duna Bay were also in this and they were in uh, Sense8 Ooh. which is also done by the Wachowskis and I feel like Sense8 was the perfect example. It's like if you want to give the Wachowskis a lot of money to create something fantastic give them a series. Yeah. Which that could have lasted like the ending if you guys hadn't heard when we talked about the ending uh, they canceled it after the second season and there was an outcry and we finally got at least a two, like a two hour like ending. Mm, yes, which, that's right. Which felt rushed. Yes, it did. But it still felt satisfying. And it, 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 it gives a good closing uh, closure to the story. Exactly. But Jupiter Ascending is, again, one of those movies that it's just gorgeous. It just needed to be a series because I felt lost. I'm like, I feel like we're supposed to care about these characters or be more invested, if you will. Yeah. And I, I don't have enough time to do that. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. No, okay, now we're here. We're here. Okay, cool. Now you're wearing a cool outfit. Like, I, the artwork, everything is just so pretty. Yeah. Put it on Netflix. Yeah. Isn't that the same? Like, that, that, that's what I had the vibe with, that movie that you and BJ saw, Joe. Um, oh, gosh. The uh, Valeria. Valeria, the Hidden World or the Lost World or something. Oh, I yeah, was the one to where they're jumping to all the different planets and worlds and stuff. With, and like, Rihanna thing, or yeah, Rihanna. That thing looks so beautiful. And you're like, nope. Every yeah. time an actor's not talking, that movie's great. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Turn it on mute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I feel like, yeah, there's a, like Suicide Squad, even then, like that was 
had mm-hmm. it was a really good idea, and it was like, okay, they made a crap ton of money, and the second one looks so good. Yes, yes, super excited for that. Ooh, I mean, Sucker Punch. That was the other one I was thinking oh, of. Sucker oh, Punch. Yeah. If you want to uh, laugh at how ridiculous Sucker Punch is, uh, there's a podcast called How Did This Get Made, <laughs> where they talk about it, and... They're not wrong with what they say about it. No spoilers, and it gets a little graphic, but Whoa. it's it's one of those ones where you're like, you, yeah, uh, mm. and I don't ever want to watch that movie again. And basically, like you said, uh, Speed Racer. How about uh, the Avatar, the the Last oh, Airbender? I don't think that movie exists for everybody. And same with the Dragon Ball Z movie. Yeah, not okay. <laughs> well, we want to hear from you guys, and until next time, stay nerdy. <laughs>